going to read from the book of First Corinthians, chapter two, verse two. First Corinthians, chapter two, verse two. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Father, may this word bless us, change us, rejuvenate us, cause us to soar into places that you want us to soar, cause us to become everything you want us to become. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, submit myself to you tonight. Do as you please in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have your blessed seats. While you're seated, while you're seated, I just want to release this song in the atmosphere. for my fellow minister Apostle Tim Wangi who just did an amazing job here Lester Day and today come on appreciate my co-laborer thank you sir thank you Apostle um, to all the pastors that came with me from Nairobi including sons and daughters just stand up I just want to appreciate you God bless you sons from different ministries pastors and ministers thank you so much I salute you I salute you. Thank you. Um, I want to f continue from where my brother left off. In the spirit of understanding where we must go, Um, and I want to just stay in that place that I believe God wants us to dwell tonight. As I lay that foundation from where he left off, I want to deal with something called the atonement. And then I'll give, and then I'll give you a story about Jesus. Because no matter where we go and what we talk about, it's all centered on Jesus. Tonight we're here because of Jesus. I said tonight we're here because of Jesus. There are those who say that the cross is not necessary. They've studied and their theology decided the cross is not necessary. There are others who have said that the cross is partially necessary. 
But I want to put it to you tonight that there's another view that the cross was absolutely necessary. Everything we preach, everything we teach, is defined from that moment of that cross. The reason it was completely necessary is because God is just. God, God is righteous. God is holy. God is holy. So one has to understand, if you have to understand God's holiness, you can't understand it without understanding atonement. So I want to just bruise and cruise by this for just a minute and tell you we have to grasp this truth. That Jesus Christ died. And when he died, death died with him. The whole Christianity faith is founded and grounded on this fact. It's grounded in the cross. Because without the crucifixion, there is no resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, we have no gospel. <laughs> he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. So if there is no crucifixion, there is no gospel. The central message of scripture is the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is consummated and concentrated completely in Christ Jesus. So this entire Bible is concerned primarily with explaining the significance of the cross. From Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Malachi everything is pointing to the cross. From the gospels of Matthew, Luke, uh, Mark and John all those gospels even all the way to Revelation they are pointing back to the cross. You cannot preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and ignore the cross. The cross is too central to be ignored. Now there is something about the character of God that requires death for payment of sin. The nature of God requires death as a payment for sin. So Paul says it's no longer I but Christ that lives. And so when we look at that we begin to start to understand that there's something that happened on the cross. The Son of God died instead of us for forgiveness. For our forgiveness. He lives instead of us for our deliverance. 
So when he says in John 14 verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. God will answer all our questions every time by pointing us back to Jesus. If you go to God about rent, he'll point you to Jesus. <laughs> if you go to God about land, he'll point you to Jesus. God's answer to everything is Jesus. The Bible begins to show us that there are certain things that cannot be able to be dealt with any other way. So the blood is dealing with our sins. The cross is dealing with us. With what we are. The blood is what disposes of our sins. And the cross is able to deal completely with our capacity for sin. In order for Jesus to redeem us, three things had to happen. He had to answer three questions. He had to answer the question about sin. He had to answer the question about guilt. Go with me to Romans chapter 3 verse 9. I'm just building a foundation. God says they are all under sin. They are all under sin. That's what God says. So the blood has to deal with God saying we are all under sin. In Luke chapter 15 verse 18, the prodigal son says, I must go back. He comes back to his senses. He has an awakened conscience and says, I have sinned. Now, the devil in Revelation 12.10 says you have sinned so God is saying they have sinned I recognize by an awakened conscience that I have sinned and then Satan has a charge against me that I have sinned so sin provides Satan with ground for his accusation before God so for Jesus to redeem us back to God he had to answer God's question he had to answer my question and he had to respond to Satan's attack so the blood the blood of Christ effectively deals with three things it deals in a God direction 
deals in my direction. It deals with Satan's direction. In essence, the blood of Jesus has answered every question. It has satisfied God. It has answered me and delivered me. But it has blocked Satan's accusations. And therefore, man finds his way to have to fully understand that the blood is atonement that makes us be able to stand before God. Whenever we go to buy land, I hear them ask, we ask them a question, what is the value of this land? And the problem for many of us believers, we don't understand how to calculate valuations. So we bring experts. And these experts help us understand the value. What they carry out is called a valuation. What we have not done is had a proper valuation of the blood. I want to declare tonight the blood of Jesus is valuable. It is so valuable that it satisfied God. It sorted me out. And it answered Satan. Somebody say the blood. I want to hear you, Narok, say the blood. That blood has value. I'm telling you in business, you need the blood. <laughs> in your marriage, you need the blood. In relationships, you need the blood. It will answer every question. This is why every time you have a demonic attack at night when the enemy wants to oppress you, you have something you can use. Just call on the blood. Hmm. This is why when you have that cancer starting to pop up, you have something your body can respond to, your mouth can speak the blood. Because that blood was good enough for God. That blood can answer diabetes. That blood can answer poverty. Somebody shout the blood. I didn't hear you, Narok. Shout the blood. The blood is able to change destinies. And that's the same blood we're pleading on Narok tonight. It's the blood we're pleading on the next generation. Every generation is safe as long as they're under the blood. Your marriage is safe if it's under the blood. You don't have to put bodyguards chasing your children around. Just plead the blood of Jesus over your family. The blood of Jesus in ministries. Shout the blood. That blood. That blood restores men. And tonight I believe God is restoring somebody here. Because of the blood. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. You must understand the valuation of blood. So, 
In order for God to begin accomplishing this work, I told you I want to give you a short story. In order for God to give us that blood, you have to understand that Jesus came. And he died. And he died. And, oh, it's just nay. Yes. <laughs> Simple as that. So one word. Now, when Jesus came, he had to do some things when he came on the earth. You have to understand when Jesus performed miracles, people reacted to him in a particular way. The Jews believed that they were waiting for the Messiah. And when they were looking for the Messiah, some things had been written about how he would arrive. They had an open book revelation of how he would come. Because the first time he wasn't going to come like a thief in the night. There was prophecy. Because that blood had to speak at some point. They believed that this person who would be called the Messiah, one of the signs that had been shown from the days of Moses, was that this man would have to heal a leper. The second thing they believed is that he would have to cast out a damn demon. That means a demon that's not able to use the vocal cords of the person it has possessed. Third thing is that he had to heal a man that was blind. Not just blind, but born blind. So when Jesus of Nazareth arrived and started doing all these things, they were going to use these things to discover if he was the one. The first thing was that he had to heal a leprous man. Please, tonight I just want to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Tomorrow we'll deal with other things. I want to lay the foundation. But tonight I believe there will be a deliverance in this place. And there are some things men have been dealing with for many years that I believe Jesus is about to put a stop to tonight. The cycles, the cycles that bother us in life can come to an end. I believe there's a moment in a man's life for an intervention. And that intervention comes with understanding. The first sign they were looking for was that the Messiah would heal a leprous man. So, so when John the Baptist was in the wilderness, they would go and look for John the Baptist and ask him questions in John chapter 1. They ask him, are you the one? 
the Messiah? Because John had developed his ministry in the wilderness. Uh, and God was using John in the wilderness. This is what I love about God. Sometimes your location does not matter. What matters is what you're carrying. Mm. That men traveled all the way to the wilderness to look for John. Uh, I declare tonight in Narok there are people that will travel from all over the world to come here. Because the deposit of God is in some people here. And I declare any, anything interfering with that deposit tonight, we uproot it in the name of Jesus. There must be a sign they were looking for. So from time to time they would come and look. But from the time of Moses, nobody in Israel had ever been healed of leprosy. From the time of the giving of the law, you talk about Miriam but it happened to her before the giving of the law you talk about Naaman but he was a Syrian Gentile no child of Israel had ever been healed of leprosy after the giving of the law so this was preserved for the Messiah so in Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 after Jesus had delivered the sermon on the mount a leper comes and this leper has leprosy and he knelt before Jesus and said, Father, Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Mm. You see, if you look at the, what Luke says in Luke chapter 5 verse 12, because he's a doctor, let's look at what he says about leprosy. Because Matthew, Matthew was a taxman. He just says a leper came. But Luke says it happened that a man came full of leprosy. Uh, so that you don't say it was on the finger. The doctor verified it was on the whole body. Mm. And he fell on his face and implored him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So the leper came to Jesus just on time. Now the Jews used to do three things. Two things. Two things. When they if they suspected you were the Messiah, they would first observe if they observe quietly they would go and start making deductions in their boardrooms and in their meetings to, to, to find out if you are the Messiah and they would try and figure out is this the Messiah that's why they were checking if John was the Messiah Hmm. and now here comes Jesus and here comes a leper 
Nobody had been healed of leprosy from the time of Moses. After the giving of the law, no child of Israel. And so Jesus opens his mouth and speaks to the man. If you look at Luke chapter 13 and verse 14 also, chapter 5 verse 13 and 14, I want to show you what he says right here. Please, verse 13. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, leprosy left him. This was the first sign they were looking for. Could this be the Messiah? But they were observing. Now Jesus does something very interesting. Immediately after that, he gives the man an instruction. He says, he charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest. And make an offering for your cleansing. As a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. <laughs> now the man went quietly to the priests. So they were, they were looking for a sign that this was the Messiah. So Jesus sent them a leper that had been healed. Now they, he reached their place and from the time of Moses, there's a protocol that had been set about a man that has been cleansed from leprosy. According to the protocol, you had to be set aside for seven days. And then you had to make seven offerings. A trespass offering. A sin offering. A burnt offering. A meal offering. And then it would end with anointing the oil with the oil on the head of the healed person. You have to understand. From the time the protocol had been laid in Moses' time, nobody had ever gone to the priests with this report. So the man appears. And the priests are wondering what are we supposed to do with a leper because for the longest time we haven't had to do this, this protocol. May I announce in Narok for the first time there are some protocols that are about to be shaken because God is about to do something fresh in somebody's family. moment when God begins to do something in a man's life where some things are shaken. And tonight I sense there are some of you that are breaking out of something in the name of Jesus. Oh, about to be a performance because of the blood. He said that I have come not to abolish the law, I have come to accomplish it. To fulfill it. And so the religious leaders were wondering, how do we, now they had to put together an investigative committee. 
They had to set up a commission of inquiry. Because something had happened that had never happened for years. This is why I'm convinced by God's grace some things are going to happen that have not happened here before. There's a hunger hunger you all have that God is going to answer. This blood can do things that have never been seen in Narok before. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. God is not about to recycle anything. He's about to do a new thing. Let me hear your amen if you believe it. Is somebody here hungry for a new thing? I believe some protocols are going to be broken. That means there are people who are going to enter places that nobody ever thought they'd enter. The man's status had changed. From being a leper, interacting with Jesus, and on the other side, he comes out clean. Let me announce by tomorrow, no disease is going to leave this tent. I don't know if you have enough faith to believe what the blood can do. No diabetes shall leave this tent tomorrow. We leave leave cancer on the altar. We leave diabetes on the altar. We leave blindness on the altar. Shake a neighbor, say there shall be a deliverance. Listen, there must be a point you reach in Revelation. When you understand the value of the blood and what you carry and you decide enough is enough tonight let some people be fed up with the status quo I speak the overwhelming grace of Jesus Christ to come upon you may it cause you to enter places you've never been before may doors open for you that you've never been into before that's what we walk with when we walk we are machines we are systems we are carrying the blood embassies must listen to the blood businesses must listen to the blood everything in my life must listen to the blood somebody shout the blood there are some things happening to our children that the blood can answer tonight listen these clouds, these clouds that have refused to rain, they can answer to the blood. Shout the blood! That some of you tonight can open your mouths and tell God, let the rain begin to form. And in the place of prayer, Elisha put his head to the knee. Seven times the servant came back and said, There's no sign. But the seventh time, he said, I saw something the size of a man's hand. That's all we need, Narok. We just need a sign. The rain must come. I said, The rain must come. 
Listen to me. You have to understand the value of sonship. A man is, a, a man is fighting a war. I want to show you a pattern. A, a, a man is fighting a war. A man is fighting a war. His name is Joshua. Joshua? His spiritual father is worshipping. As long as the father is worshipping, the son is winning the war. It's a collaboration. And the collaboration between father and son brings us to the point where he looks up at the son. He looks at the enemies. He says, if this son goes down, we will lose this battle. So he looks at the son as a son. And he says, son, stand still. A man talks to the son. We are talking to the clouds. Hear the word of the Lord. Release the waters over the nation. Somebody shout yes. It shall happen. I see it in the spirit. That there are also some of you that will walk into places you've never been to before. Ah, this, is the God. this is the God of open doors. The God of acceleration. What has come into Narok is graces that have come here tonight. I believe there are some of you that are about to touch what you've never touched before. In Jesus' name. So shall it be and not otherwise. Shout one more amen. Please have your seats. They looked at Jesus. They looked at this man. And they started observing him. And so now they start to look at Jesus differently. So Jesus decides to continue with his ministry. He goes on with his ministry and in Mark chapter 2. We find Jesus in verse 1 beginning to do something. He entered Capernaum. And after some days it was hard he was in the house. So now continue please keep going. I'm going to verse 8 so combine them. Immediately many gathered together. So that there was no room to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. What we have to preach is the word. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when you observe who these people were that were in the house with Jesus, it was the teachers. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And then continue, please. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. How do I know it was scribes that were in the house? Because verse 6 says, And some of the scribes, <laughs> because, because when the leper came, now they got curious. And they were in observation mode. The second thing they used to do is after they've observed, now they would interview after they now think you're the Messiah. So some of, some of the scribes sitting there were reasoning in their hearts. <laughs> I want to tell you why they were reasoning in their hearts. 
Because they were still in observation mode. But Jesus does not need to know a man <laughs> to know what's in a man. He, he asked them, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? He was, they were asking that in their hearts. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Look at verse 8. But immediately, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves. Thank you for Jesus. Ah, surely yes, sir. He can hear what your enemies are thinking inside. Hey, this is the anointing you carry. There was another man they used to talk like this about. When the king of, when the king of Syria came to attack the children of Israel, that king wondered who is talking about our secrets. They said there's a man. <laughs> Even what you discuss in your bedroom. God reveals to him. May the word of God reveal to you everything people are saying. There's a place, children of God, you enter as a believer. I really have to learn this translation thing. There's a place you enter as a believer where you cannot go for the wrong interview. Today, enter the dimension of never going where God has not sent you. There's a place called perceiving. He, perce he perceived in his spirit. <laughs> he says in Isaiah 43, 18, 19, I'm about to do a new thing. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? Oh, I released the grace for perceiving in this place tonight. That people will come out of here knowing they will hear a voice telling them this is the way. It's a place where thugs cannot catch you. <laughs> the spirit will say go left <laughs> it's a place you can't marry the wrong person because the spirit will say hold on on this jama you can't work for the wrong company somebody say I receive that spirit he perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? And in verse 9, <laughs> which is easier to say to the paralytic, he continues to give them a discourse. Then in verse 11, which is where I want to get to, he says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house so that the people could see he has the power. What was Jesus doing? He was showing them, I'm the one. He was telling them, my English doesn't matter. Neither does my Hebrew. It's not a vocabulary matter. Whether I say, arise, go. <laughs> or go and arise. I'm trying to tell you that where you are today, 
English doesn't matter. If you have to say it in Kimasai, say it in Kimasai. One way or the other, God is going to do what he has to do in Narok tonight. I refuse to leave this tent the way I am. And whichever language it has to come in, let God be God and every man a liar. The Bible says in verse 12, immediately he arose took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. I like that. <laughs> he went out in the presence of them all. Oh, okay. We are not hiding. We are coming out in your presence. We are coming out in your presence. Hey. This is what I love about God. He made sure Potiphar and his wife did not die. So that when Joseph sat on the throne, <laughs> they were sitting on the table where he was prime minister. God is preparing a table for you in the presence of the people who said you'd never make it. I release a grace for arising and shining. Somebody shout, I receive it. Now, Please sit down. Let's try and bring this home. Shout the blood. I want to hear it again. That blood is so sweet. Say it again. The blood. Hey. That blood. That blood has changed destinies. That blood changes stories. Hey. Now you have to understand. Now we have to take it to another level. Remember there are three things. Number one, that he would heal a leper. Number two, that he would heal a man who had a demon but was dumb. I need to explain something. Historically, what you call sages, rabbis, I know you don't have a name for that one, what you call rabbis, Pharisees, they used to perform exorcism. But there was one case that dumbfounded the religious leaders. Now, how they used to exorcise demons back then, with the, because even from the days of Moses, they used to exorcise the demons. There were, there were three ways to remove demons from a person. The first thing that would happen is that the person had to determine communication with the demon. Because when a demon speaks, it uses the vocal cords of the person. The second, the second thing these sages and Pharisees would do after communication is established with the demon, the exorcist would have to determine the demon's name. Are you understanding? This was a practice. 
And it was written in their laws how to exorcise demons. After the third thing, after finding out the demon's name, then the exorcist would use the demon's name to cast it out. When Jesus arrived, he was still under the law. You have to understand, until the cross, he was still under the law. So in Mark chapter 5, Jesus arrives in a place called Gadarenes. And he comes and there is, he came to the other sea of the, uh, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately, they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his indwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains. Let's hurry up so that I get to the next part. Go to verse 4, uh, verse 5. And night and day he was in the mountains and the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Listen to me. Satan is a bad devil. His plan is to completely destroy God's people. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Listen to me, even the demons worship him. <laughs> and he cried out with a loud voice. What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Another version says, before my time. What is Jesus doing? He's establishing communication. He's following what had been written from the days of Moses. And then now he comes and he says, what have you to do with us? So now he comes and asks him, what is your name? He's following rule number two. Because he was still under the law. So he asks, and he answered saying, my name is Legion. For we are many. What did you call Legion? Emporto. Emporto. Yes. Emporto. Emporto. <laughs> and also he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. Apostle T, I, I asked myself a question. What were pigs doing in Jerusalem territory? Somebody was doing illegal business. You see, some things have come into your land. Because somebody is doing some illegal things in the land. But tonight we are sending the blood of Jesus on a forensic audit. We are finding it in your home, in the business, anything in your business that is not supposed to be there. We trace it in the spirit. And we declare 
It must leave tonight in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. There was swine in Jerusalem territory. I mean, who was doing farmer's choice in Jerusalem? So at once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. Wait. I want to show you this. There were two, about 2,000 swine. Now, the Bible doesn't like to exaggerate. So every time it says about, it means there were more. What was in one man entered 2,000 pigs? Wait. Ooh. Listen, we are made in the image of God. Because I want to show you what happened. As soon as the spirits entered the pigs, the pigs ran and jumped into the sea. In other words, the devil's aim is to kill God's creation immediately. So what kept this man from being killed by these things? Was that still somewhere in him there was the image of God. But the pigs did not have the image of God. So as soon as the devils entered, they killed the pigs. So the Bible tells us that immediately this is what happens here. The Pharisaic Judaists try to figure out whether he's the Messiah or not. They were trying to figure out if he's the Messiah. Come with me. So, so they began to argue amongst themselves. And they said, no, this one, it's not, this demon could talk. <laughs> so he can't be the Messiah because the one he is supposed to cast out is supposed to be dumb. This one was talking. So they put him to the test. So levels shifted. Because they needed him to heal a man who was demon possessed and dumb. So we go to Matthew chapter 12 verse 12. Are you learning something? Matthew chapter 12 verse 12. Let's go to verse 12 first. I'll come there. Go to, it's verse 22. Go to the next verse. I want to start from where they started. Then he said to them, stretch out your hand. He stretched it. It was restored. Okay, it's verse 22. Please go to verse 22. Sorry. The Bible tells us that they brought to him one who was demon possessed. <laughs> Blind. Uh -huh. and mute so they argued amongst themselves and said Ay, he, this one this one this one he met in gatherings could talk so they went to search now let me ask you where would you go right now to find a demon possessed blind and mute man <laughs> <laughs> and who brought him? The scribes. 
They went and looked, they did research and said, Kuna Jama, Kula Kayole Kula. Not only is he demon possessed, not only is he mute, <laughs> let's add another one. He's blind. They brought him to Jesus. In one verse, Jesus healed him. The man spoke and saw. He didn't waste another verse on this man <laughs> because he was the Messiah. I'm telling you the truth. There are some things that are bothering you that have to leave tonight. Because the Messiah is in the house. I don't care what people have brought to you. There's about to be a solution. I don't care what the problem is. There's about to be a solution. The Bible says he healed him. So that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. Now they were upset. I want to show you what they did. Now all the multitudes were amazed. Look what they said. They began to say, could this, why, wait, wait, because a leper has been healed, now a deaf, mute, demon-possessed, blind man has been healed. And because they used to go for classes for the Jewish children, they came out and said, wait, could this be the son of David? Now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, they began to now challenge him and said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. They, they they started calling Jesus the son of Satan. I want to encourage every minister of the gospel. If they called him names, they will call us names. But I want to encourage you and let you know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus knew their thoughts. And he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And, and every city house divided against itself will not stand. Jesus was having a hard time understanding. Can you not see who I am? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? He says, therefore, they shall be your judges. Therefore, they shall be your judges. Go to the next verse. I want to, I want to hurry up because of time. Go, go, to, go to the verse after that. Let me see if it's what I'm looking for. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So what happened here, if you get to verse 31, he says, therefore I say to you, because now Jesus was upset. He had entered his messiahship and now was telling them, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. Hey. In other words, what you people have just said, I am. Look at the next verse. 
Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come. From this moment, if you check your Bible, Jesus stopped revealing himself obviously to them. In fact, after this, he started speaking to them in parables. Because he was right in front of them and they couldn't see it. Hey. May Jesus not be in front of us and we cannot see it. I want to bring this home now. So, this was the time he started to say to them in Romans chapter um uh, I want to make sure I give you the right thing here. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he was showing them something regarding death. So there was a third sign that he now needed to show them. That the person would have to heal a leper. Somebody say tick. The second thing is that the person would have to cast out a damn demon. Now, he had to heal a man that was born blind. If you're a Bible student, you will know from Genesis chapter 1, nobody had ever been healed of blindness that was born blind. So if there was ever going to be a sign, this should be the one. Now, this was the most convincing miracle of it all. I'll show you this and then we go home. John chapter 9 verse 1. The Bible says, as he passed by, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man <laughs> who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? Because these people had a belief in their theology of personal sin and personal suffering. And they used to believe that if a child is born blind, it's because they sinned against their parents because they had now come to believe you cannot carry the sin of your father. So, so they believed that this man was now, he had committed a sin. So they were asking him, which sin did he commit? Because he was born blind. But Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Which works that the third sign should be seen. I want to say some of you have gone through so many things in life. There are things that God has orchestrated that you will go through but you will come out victorious. He then says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Because night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now come with me, please. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva. 
And then he anointed the eyes of the blind man. <laughs> With clay. Go on. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went. Now listen to me. You have to understand how this is done. In, in the book of John chapter 7 to John chapter 10, don't go there. You will understand when Jesus was traveling in Jerusalem, he had come for what is called the Feast of Booths. Because of the Feast of Booths, there was a lot of traffic. So they were now coming back. So in these chapters, there were thousands and thousands of miracles. Now, because I'll minister with the worship team, I want them to come up and help me with my demonstration. Come, come, come. So, so, so Jesus sends this man to go and wash in the pool. But people are coming back from the Feast of Booths. He's sending this man to go against traffic. So you, 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 you Jews go that side. Come, come, come quickly. Come quickly, please. <laughs> and and Jesus, Jesus starts to take us on a very interesting journey. He anointed the man's eyes with mud. Son, can you be the blind man? Come and help me on this side. I want to show a demonstration here. Worship him. I need you on that side. You're all Jews. Come, come. So, so Jesus anoints. Okay. You can remove your glasses. Don't worry. I won't put saliva on you. He takes mud. Anoints his eyes. Yes. Now there's traffic coming from Jerusalem. He's been sent against traffic. Look at Jesus. So, what is he on the way there? He's blind. Are we together? Yes. Because he went and washed. So when he was going, he was still. So he comes. So these people are wondering. We are so many of us. We are so many of us. What's going on here? Yeah, you need to go. Make way for us. Make way for us. The man is trying to squeeze between them. They can see he has mud on his eyes. And they can see he's blind. <laughs> so Jesus has done something very deliberate here. He's making sure that there are witnesses. That's why some people in your life have not died even when you pray. He's making sure you can be seen. He's making sure they are mocking you but they can see that God is with you. Church of Jesus Christ. Can you say Christo? No one born blind had ever been healed before. So what it is that he went and washed and came back. See, go, go, go and wash. We didn't see you washing. That's the pool. Wash. And then he came back. 
And the Bible says he came back seeing. There is no miracle of Jesus that is going to be second guessed tonight. He, he came back seeing. Now, now watch this. Just go verse by verse so that you don't reveal my whole. Go to verse 8. Therefore, the neighbors and those who had previously seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? The reason the traffic was there was so that they can see Kaya so that they can see I have an announcement to make in Narok. I know they talked about you. <laughs> I know they put you down. But they are going to be the ones saying is this not the very young man that had been dismissed is this not the young man that could not make it through college is this not the young lady but I have news for you Jesus is in the house this is what happened so, hey, because the Pharisees now are upset, what are we about the Pharisees? I have something. Please look at your neighbor for me. Tell them God is about to do something. Tell them, neighbor, <laughs> I am so glad that you were laughing at me last year. But tonight is my night. Tonight, my ministry takes a new turn. Tonight, my calling takes a new turn. I don't know if I'm in the right tent. Tonight, shake them and tell them tonight is my night. This anointing will not pass me by. Go and wash. Go and wash. Go and wash. In the pool of Siloam. And he came back hey. seeing. Come on. I declare in the name of Jesus. You must see tonight. Hey. It's not this he who sat and begged. The man who sat and begged is not begging anymore. Somebody shout the blood. Oh, Sarge. The man who begged is not begging anymore. You shall be the lenders and not the borrowers. From this day forward, I prophesy over Narok. Something is about to change in your life. Look at this. Go to verse 9. Some said this is he. Others said he's like him. Because it's unbelievable. What will you dismiss? What will you dismiss? What Because what God is about to do. They'll say, it looks like him. <laughs> but it can't be him. That's because how you're coming back is not how you went there. How you came for this meeting is not how you're going home. And you shall meet with your neighbors. And they shall say, hey, where are you coming from? 
And they'll say, I see, yeah, yeah. Because you left there without the anointing. But you're coming back with an unction. Let me go, let me go so that we finish. Please go on. Go on to the next verse. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? How? He answered, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said, this guy is like a child <laughs> and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went. Obedience is key. So I went and I washed. And I received sight. Hey. The next verse, come on, can we read Bible? Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. Because I don't have to know where he is. What I did is I heard him. Keep going. So what did they do? These people, these people, <laughs> these neighbors. So they brought him. I need some Pharisees. You have to look like Pharisees. Come, come, come. Pastor Liz. <laughs> come, come, come. Stand right there. You're Pharisees. Stand, stand at attention. So, who brought him? The neighbors. They brought him. They came to the Pharisees. They brought him who formally. There you go. Formally. Formally. Verse 14. Please go, go, go. Now, it was a Sabbath when yeah. Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. It was a Sabbath. Tell, tell yourself, Akuna protocol Leo. Akuna protocol Leo. Leo Akuna protocol. Leo na in the home na blessings is Leo Sijiskima protocol. Tonight is my night. Tonight is my breakthrough. Tonight is my vision night. Yay! Yay! Tonight is my night. Hi. So, the Pharisees also asked him again, how did you receive your sight? This is question number he answered. He put clay <laughs> on my eyes. And I washed. And I see. Hmm. Then the Pharisees, therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. Keep going. 
They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? The man said, He's a prophet. Go on. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. So they called his parents. I want to tell you there are three ways the Jews used to excommunicate you. The Pharisees had three kinds of excommunication. One was called Hesipa. Hesipa was a 7 to 30 day excommunication. 7 to 30 days you would be excommunicated. Somebody say Hesipa. And that one only needed three rabbis to pronounce. The second, the second excommunication was called Nidul. You had to go away for 30 days. You needed 10 rabbis to pronounce it on you. But the worst kind of excommunication was called Cherem. It meant you'd become unsynagogued. It means you'd be separated from the community. So now the parents arrive knowing that there is Hispa, Needle, and Cherem. So they asked him and said, Is this your son? I, 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 I need the parents. You can't be a single parent. This is the 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 the, 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 the man and the woman. So I need, I need a I need a wife. Just for show. Can I have a sister? Can I sister? Hey, there's resistance. Thank you. Come, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, my sister. Join join him over there. I don't, I don't need aunties. I just need a husband and wife. So, so they came. So the Pharisees asked them a question. Is this your son? Who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? Go to the next verse. His parents answered them. They said, we know this is our son. And that he was born blind. <laughs> but by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He's of age. Ask him. He will speak for him. So, go on. Please, please, go on. So his parents said these things because they feared Hezipa, Nidul, and Cherem. For the Jews had agreed that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue, Cherem. Are you with me? Yes. Are you still here? Mm -hmm. Therefore his parents said he's of age. So they again called the man and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Now they are saying Jesus. He answered. He said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. 
One thing I know. I was blind. But now I see. Okay. 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 Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? What question time is this? Number? Hey. How did he open your eyes? The man is getting irritated. He answered, I told you already. And you did not. <laughs> Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciple? I like this man. I like this man. We're in the Bible. We're in the Bible. Then they reviled him. You are now angry. He said, you are his disciple. But we are Moses' disciple. They started pulling rank. Continue to verse 30. The man answered and said to them, Why? This is a marvelous thing. That do you, you do not know where he is. Where he is from. Yet he opened my wait. This amateur where I knows that no man had been healed of blindness from birth. You don't know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Look at this. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, <laughs> the man is talking. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Come. They answered and said to him, you are, com you are completely born in sins. And now you are teaching us. So, they cast him out. What a pity that, that, that this is the first time he's seeing his mother. Ever since he was born, this is the first time he's seeing his father. Hey, men can be bad. This is the first time he's seeing his neighbors. Sometimes when God does a miracle for you, the people that should be rejoicing for you for you are the ones that are unhappy about what God has done. But because verse 35 says Jesus had Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him that means Jesus went looking for him he went looking for him this man who had been cast out right after his biggest breakthrough Mom and, dad, mom and dad were more scared of the system than they were about receiving their son who had received this miracle. 
Jesus doesn't care about protocol. Right now in Narok, he's in the midst of some of you sitting at the back and he's reaching you right now. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. He's here. And he's reaching some of you right now where you are. And the Bible says that Jesus, when he had found him, he asked him, Do you, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered, who is he, Lord? So that I can believe in him. Remember, he had never seen Jesus. He had never seen Jesus. And here he is now. And Jesus, in verse 37, says, And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him. And it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And the man worshipped him. Tonight he's here for those of you that are feeling left out. I hear the Spirit of God tell me to tell you he's about to heal some of you. He's about to change your story. Those that disowned you are not going to determine your life. And God told me to let you know you are not going to be outcast any longer. So receive his mercy. Receive his grace. Receive his ability to lift you to another place. If you are watching me online, receive that mercy in your home right now. He's able to go against systems. He's able to go against protocol. To reach you where you are. There's nothing like your presence, Lord. <laughs> God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think or imagine. I know our time is injured. I know our time is up. But I beg you, come over here right now if you need that mercy. I'll receive his mercy. Run where I am and receive that mercy right now. Receive that mercy right now. Receive that mercy right now. Something's about to change in your life. Come on over here. Come on over here. Open the way for the people. Come on. Come on. Whatever you are. Set the sound where it was when they were leading worship. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, Let people come, let people come. 
I set up the sound to where it was when they were leading worship. Listen to me. God God is in this place. There's about to be a shift in somebody's life, wherever you may be. I'm talking to those that have tried. The system has been up against you. God is saying tonight was your night. He said, I'm going to penetrate every system. I'm going to break every barrier. I'm going to remove every protocol. I'm going to come straight for you. Tonight I will heal you. Tonight I will restore you. Tonight I'm going to break through for you. I want everybody to open your mouth. Just shut your eyes and lift those hands to you. Cry to him. Lift out a cry to him. I stand in all of you. Let the Spirit of God just penetrate throughout this place. Narok, you'll never be the same. Of you, holy God, to Kaya Dabakos. Don't let this meeting end. Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Said, I stand in awe of you. you said it where it was when they were leading worship listen to me there is going to be a performance 
Please lift your hands where you are. I just want Maybe to release Father, I release grace over everybody standing here. You who answers prayer. Hear our prayer tonight. Hear our cry tonight. Release upon these men and women the grace to rise again. Let your spirit penetrate this place. Let men arise. Let men shine. For their light has come. And your glory is risen upon them. From this day forward, let the mystery of mercy operate in their life. Let the mystery of grace operate in their life. For they are standing in your presence. Now, God, from tonight, do a new work. Do a new work in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. Come on, if you believe God has done it tonight, shout aloud amen. I don't want to do more tonight because we'll be here tomorrow night. But I do believe that men are being set free as I speak right now. Women are being set free as I speak right now. Whatever has no permission to be in your house, I'm uprooting it right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever has no permission to be in your ministry, I uproot it right now in the name of Jesus. Tonight, the desperation as you go home, because tomorrow we'll be back here, is that God, is that God will answer every prayer here tomorrow in the name of Jesus. I say to you, you are too precious to be ignored. You are too precious to be ignored. Let the blood come where you are. Let the blood break every protocol. Let the blood set you free. As I close tonight, I call on the blood. I call on that one thing we have as believers. We call on the blood. Let me hear you call on the blood of Jesus right now. Call on the blood in your house, in your school, in your business. Call on the blood. Let the blood. Let it flow in the name of Jesus. I cancel every demonic assignment and I plead the blood. I speak to you young men and young women. I declare over your lives your purpose shall not abscond. The grace of God will break protocol. And some of you at young ages will begin to do things that have not been seen in this generation. And tomorrow night I'll be dealing with fire. Let the fire fall on Narok. Let the fire fall on Narok. Let the warrior spirit come upon everyone in Narok. And let God and every man a liar. I speak it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we are praying. Put your hands together and give Him praise. We are standing. Say, we are.